Happy Tuesday. Hello, everybody. It is uh, the 26th of March. Is that right? It is right. The 26th of March. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We missed you guys last week. It was a very special day in our household and in our Blue Flame family, which was Pa's 50th birthday, his entrance into Jubilee. So we were we were celebrating. We were. <laughs> we were we were returning in yeah. certain respects. Yeah. So we were jubileeing. Is that a can I say jubileeing? I make up a lot of words so you really can say anything. Oh wow, that's right. So You're it's with my the turn. perfect person to do that. <clears throat> I'm completing your <clears throat> word creation. Yeah. Good. Like jubileeing, jubileed, you know. I got jubileed. <laughs> you got jubileed. Yes. You just got jubileed. <laughs> All right, so we have a new phrase, everybody. You just got jubilee. Yes. So we got it jubilee. It a lot. I hope it does. Yeah, same. Last week was fun. We it had was, a great time. yeah. Yeah. We had the sweetest together, just, just bound in heart with all of those here we love, and it was, it was lovely. And then I got to plan a little surprise for all the men on Wednesday. So it was just, it was a very celebrating week. It was. Uh, spring break as well and we have two birthdays spring break always falls during this week and we have two birthdays our popsy girl her birthday is St. Patrick's Day the 17th and then pause falls on the 19th and so it's it's quite a festive week for us it was a very festive week Mm -hmm. we ate food yeah we celebrated together was incredible I mean that was Uh, very heart piercing and Mm -hmm. um still a little rended by it you know yeah there were some joy and sweetness and i like to see people loving my person oh so well we feel very loved amazing yeah it's a lovely life yeah well it seems like our um our days continue to progress towards glory and god just keeps doing beautiful things Mm -hmm. and so we are um wonderfully watching the remodel of the corner which um, is our building that that is really sort of more towards offices, but where um, our remodeling is going to get it to a place where it's going to have sort of the congregating place during the week for people who need a place to congregate. Yeah. And, um, so we're very excited about that, and every step in that journey um, is just is just so full of anticipation and expectancy and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah, and everyone here is very excited. I get a text or an email just about every day. When it's done, I'm going to do do this. I'm going to work on this. And um, so we are really excited about that, a place for, for all our family here to congregate, but also to draw people from the community to be able to um, just maybe experience more of what he's doing in us with us and just a place to be welcome and that kind of thing so we love the idea of people getting to have like meetings small meetings or um even just basic fellowship but also a, a place like a library where you can study and um and just a lot of different things can be happening because we have, it's a, relatively speaking, it's a pretty big atrium. 
Um, and so there'll be a lot of floor space for people to hang. Mm-hmm. So then, then we've got all the other cool things happening in that building, which we're just so excited about prayer mm-hmm. rooms and, um, like not prayer app, right. but, but Cesser prayer. Yes. And, uh, so there'll be lots of Cesserin. Yes. Taking place in that new corner. A lot of ceasing of the enemy's activity will happen in that place. That's right. We'll see Papa's plans revealed. Yeah. And established in daily bread portions. Yeah. Yeah, it it is really exciting for us. We just seem to be in kind of a filling place, if that's a way to say it. Like the barn has lots of things that happen there regularly. The corner will be like that. Uh, Migden on now, the creative collective, more and more people are going throughout the days and, and writing or drawing or painting or playing instruments and singing or dancing and uh, there's classes beginning now different people having it on their hearts to do classes so we've had one start but I I have emails about that too people that just have things they want to share and it's just so amazing to get to see um see there be room for that and space for that and you know gardens come forth from that so it's yeah. going to be lovely, isn't it? Yeah, and we, uh, we're we going to get to soon expand um, the creative collective even beyond the basement into one of the sheds where we're going to have a space for woodworking. Mm-hmm. And that's been <clears throat> on the hearts of some people, so we're going to be able to explore that a bit. So, yeah. Yay. Very good. Well, one of the things that's really come about as we've been walking through this journey of remodeling and um, sometimes people see something taking place like a large building being remodeled and they don't understand. And I I think that's really been highlighted to me that Papa's um, revealing that there is a lot of fear and suspicion in the atmosphere. And it's definitely something that we will be praying about, I think all of us as we go forward is just realizing that um, there's there tends to be a injection of fear in the atmosphere uh, a lot of times it can be from the news uh, and and other media out outlets but um, social I've, media outlets I've really noticed that it's in social media you know it's like kind of crazy right mm-hmm. now how um I guess the um, the word I keep hearing um, is mob, mm. and the word other word I keep hearing is resistance. And you know, I think there's a glorify. You know, there's a there's a there's a meaning of resistance that the world has blessed mm. because they see it as being um, a oppressive regime trying to override the free will of a group of people and to resist that oppressive regime's regime's uh, attempt to mm-hmm. override free will. So it's like, well, no, that's a good thing, you know, because we're, we're fighting for free will. But it's interesting, a lot of times people in their exuberance for being the hero they sometimes become their worst enemy. Mm. And I think that's where the mob comes from, is this origin of resistance. 
And, but when resistance is empowered by fear instead of by, um, by love, there is a real detriment and a, and a perversion of that, that it's not, it's not the pure heroism that we, we want it Mm -hmm. to be. It's something else. And, um, and so what we find is that, um, it, it becomes a place of accusation. And, um, and so I see Papa revealing that as the maturing sons and daughters of God all across the world are responding to the things that he is saying online mm-hmm. real time, it doesn't always jive, it doesn't always connect with um, modern translations of the Bible, which is that's going to create a resistance within religion. And, and it may not necessarily jive with the uh, momentum of the world. The world may be in a momentum that's different. And, um, and you know, it just, it really reminded me of Jesus, you know. And, and what happens is, is you, you, get, um, you get a reality that is defined by fear. And fear causes people to... Um, to guess what is happening, to guess what mm-hmm. the truth is, to guess what reality is. And that guess is not, it's not true. It's just not correct. Mm-hmm. It's not the truth. But because the fear, you know, this is, this is the foundation of uh, a locked gate. It's the foundation of the four A's is people are afraid. And so they begin accusing and they get angry and then they make alliances and mm-hmm. and then and then they portray one thing but deep down inside there's this conspiracy of anger and accusation that is taking place and that alliance is the mob mm-hmm. and so uh it's just interesting cuz that's what happened to Jesus is that um you know he said the things that God was saying but people didn't understand them and they saw it as a threat they saw what Jesus was saying as a threat. And so they looked at it through the eyes of fear and mm-hmm. said, you're trying to take something away from us. You're trying to hurt us. And, and of course, Jesus was doing nothing of the sort. And so now you've got this innocent person that's being accused of these um, guesses, these, these misunderstandings, these beliefs mm-hmm. that, that, aren't, that aren't really happening. It's, it's all through deception. And, um, and so then the mob cries, crucify. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the bad news is, is that that's, that's the way of the world, you know, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the mm-hmm. son of man. It's the same thing now. Um, the, the good news is, is that the, the, what came from that, what, what, what God was able to do with those false accusations is Nothing short of changing the world, mm-hmm. of rescuing everyone. And that how that happened to Jesus 2,000 years ago will happen again, is happening again now. And instead of it being a place of um, fear for the children of God, instead of for it being a place of, um, you know, where we pull a Peter and try to draw our sword and cut the ear off of a soldier, we, we instead 
we we follow Papa through this maze, and he will get us completely through it to where we stand in the truth, we stand in what is real, we stand in what is is truthfully happening. We continue to respond to him and do the things that he says. And those false accusations against us, which, you know, the Bible in English uses the word persecution. Yeah. You know, that persecution is, is to us, you know, in our modern world, we have no place to put that. We don't mm-hmm. know what to do with that. That's just an injustice. And we've kind of been trained in society of, of our democracy that, no, we, we, we don't allow injustice. We, we fight for justice. And so we try to, to, to fight this thing instead of yielding to God in it, because God is our fight. You know, he is mm-hmm. everything and our vengeance even, you know, which we don't want vengeance. We don't want that, but we want, we want there to be justice and mm-hmm. that justice can only come from Papa. Mm-hmm. So by yielding to him and walking with him through this, that's where we begin to see a completely different world because God has almost a fuel source when we are persecuted, Mm -hmm. when we are falsely accused, when the religion and the world. So what's left? If it's the religion of God and the world, which is not the religion of God, all that's left is is the relationship with God. And um, relationship is the place of of faith. You know, it's Mm -hmm. a place of belief despite uncertainty, you know, going taking the risk. And, and that's a risk that a lot of people, it's a foreign language to them, you know, and mm-hmm. we have yet to see that, um, that revealed across the world is that mm-hmm. you can have a relationship and the risk is worth it. Um, so it's the, it's the remnant, you know, there's mm-hmm. a real remnant in that. And, um, but it's okay because God is getting uh, a fuel that is beyond anything we've ever known. Every time a uh, person calls upon him and does what he says, even though it's weird, even though, you know, it's not how modern translators understand the Bible. It's not any of those things. It's just what God said now. And you do it and you look for the fruit and the fruit is incredible. And, um, and so we keep doing it. And by keep doing it, people don't like it because it, it goes against the wave of deception that's out there. Um, even though it's fruitful, it still goes against that wave of deception. And so that's what triggers the persecution. But the persecution is fuel and God will use it to bring redemption. And that redemption is our ability to rescue a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's so true that if, depending on where our eyes are, we discover if we're more readily able to react or to respond. And um, if our eyes are on what um, it looks like is happening in the world and what's being reported, what's, you know, being manifested even, but uh, what can seem more real in a moment than we miss having our eyes on him and being able to respond to him. And so I was thinking about it just as you were saying that about, you know, we really have this place where we're, we're inviting people to risk 
like to risk everything, um, to choose something different than they've ever chosen before. And that's not something to take lightly because I think we've seen in our journeys, you know, and in history, a lot of times salvation for someone, that choice came through a promise of man. Like, this is what you're going to get. This is the trade-off you'll have. And we're actually being present enough in the world to show people there's something to risk everything on. Mm-hmm. And we have we have these signs in our in our little nook of our bedroom where we do the podcast that says, You keep me safe, I'll keep you wild. And recognizing we do have kind of a wild God. And part of that wildness is the ability to keep us safe no matter where we are. And so I think we can get caught in that trap of trying to uh, invite or implore someone to this life that's, oh, not adventurous at all and not no troubles and, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But we're, we're actually saying, well, you risk everything for a wild life because that's how you'll be safe. That's the greatest safety because it's where we're with him. And so I've just, we've been looking a lot at kind of the latitude and longitude we're in right now. Um, cause it's very interesting. And, uh, you know, we've talked a few weeks back, um, just about the dreams we were having. And since then, oh my goodness, we must receive two to three dreams a day just from all over um and they're very like you recognize the import right away of the dreams and and the necessity to pause and really let him be with you in it to to pull out everything he's saying to not even react to the dream dreams sometimes we can react you know if there's a certain aspect or a certain person or whatever in it and we start um analyzing instead of letting him interpret with us the dream and so we've been having so many dreams people here have been having so many dreams so we're just laying them all out like puzzle pieces right now because they go together and they're completing each other and it's crazy um our own that you know when we just look at them uh in their context of us i mean we've had at least two prayer apps for each other now (laughs) (laughs) from those dreams and even um last night was date night and we we actually did get to pray and uh, there were some things he'd been talking to us about and we just got that sacred space to kind of explore it and so then you had a dream related to yours and then I just had this manna this morning related to mine and so I was really when I woke up this morning I was asking Papa about it because very present in me for quite a while has been and you know, I think maybe it's even been since you shared on the dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can reference the book and song. Okay, a terraforming song. Yeah, we have these on the app, but it's. I think it's crucial to go and listen and read that too because dimensions are coming up a lot uh, over the past few weeks. We've had 
uh, numerous people referencing those that are really exploring those more. So I think it's really been since then that the the two scriptures that I kind of consider dimensional scriptures are um, Acts 2 and Joel 2. And so both of them talk about he will pour out his spirit on all flesh, on all humankind. So, and that talks about the the aging and the young and the unborn and the, you know, just all of those things. And so he, um, this morning just immediately drew, drew my attentions back to those scriptures. And whenever he does, I know he is pouring out in a certain way and he doesn't want us to miss it because we can, as people, we can just be waiting for him to do the thing we think he should do. And we miss the thing he's actually doing. And so I just was thinking about the dreams that have been coming, you know, and, and the conversations about dimensions. And I just realized in that dialogue with him that he was pouring out from a dimension and one of the dimensions that is specific to his spirit. So you know, the seven spirits of God connect to seven of the dimensions. And so it would be dimensions five through 11. Um, and so one of those is understanding. And that's what I recognize. I was like, we are understanding things right now that we have not understood before. And so just thinking about that dimension, Bana, and just the power of that, where it, you know, that's the outpouring that leads us where we're meant to be and keeps us away from where we shouldn't be, you know, and, and so much more. It helps us apply everything he said to us so that it becomes real. Like it just becomes manifest, you know, among us and in our lives. And it's like, that is, my goodness, that's what's happening right now. He is pouring out the spirit of understanding on all of us and, and just walking with us in that dimension. And, uh, so just was looking at that and then, and then I just have this conversation with Papa about something he said to me last night that he's never said to me before. And so, and even as we were talking, you know, you were like, I've never heard you say that. It's like, because I never said it. And, you know, we have those moments where it just comes out present right there. But so I was talking to him about that and he reminded me of Habakkuk 2, which, first of all, I just love that that we have this very real reference from Habakkuk because, you know, people don't often think to read Habakkuk, but it's awesome. <laughs> so it's been, it's really been a foundational place for us at Incessors. Um from Habakkuk 2, where it speaks about, write down the word of the Lord. Um, you know, it will not return void. It will go forth and that kind of thing. So I just was looking a little bit more, meditating a bit more on the context of Habakkuk. Why Why was the Lord even saying that to him? Why did that matter? And so Habakkuk is a really unique prophet because um, he, and I think Jonah would have been similar 
to this, but, you know, many of the prophets, they directly addressed Israel, you know, with words or like Isaiah with song and, and they most often were doing something prophetic, uh, you know, to demonstrate what the people were being invited to receive. But Habakkuk never does that. There's no oracle um, where he is addressing Israel throughout um, his story. So he has a different, uh, there's a different conversation or dialogue because he and Papa are speaking throughout this. So he's talking to the Lord and um, he is not understanding God's ways. And he's wrestling. And his wrestle is, um, you know, kind of leads to a Q&A, if you will. <laughs> so it leads to a Q&A with he and, and God. And it's, it's not this point of contention. It's really that Jacob moment. I'm not going to let go of this till I see you clearly. Um, because I think he had, he was very disturbed but he did have this knowing that there was something he did not yet understand. And this was the spirit, the the part of God he was wrestling to have more of, you know. Um, so he kind of begins wrestling with this idea of what he wants God to do, but ultimately wrestles with who he believes God to be and who he recognizes he actually needs him to be in the situation that they're in. So, um, and I'll share his response in a minute, but when he receives the answer, he just, he comes with just this most lovely confession of faith. You know, it's just this awesome declaration. So he's had this Q and A with God and God's reply to him is journal, which I love. It's so awesome. But that, I mean, that really was his reply to him. Write this down. Write it down, make it tangible, make it uh, available, make it accessible. So this isn't something you're going to go broadcast to all of Israel. You're not going to go, and the Lord said this, you're a different kind of prophet. You are going to write it down and live it so it can be received. So he tells him to write it down and he explains to him, even there are others who are wrestling like you are. They can't comprehend my ways. And that, that is your um, point of prophecy is to those who don't understand my ways and are struggling to let me be God to them and to a nation and to a people. So his answer was to Habakkuk, but it wasn't just to him. It was to all of those who had wrestled, who were wrestling alongside Habakkuk. And, you know, so he's got something to reveal. He's got something to say. And so Habakkuk is struggling with evil. He is struggling with the things that Babylon is doing to Judah, to Israel. And he doesn't understand why God's allowing it you know, why this is present. And so his wrestle is really this. He's asking God, why aren't you doing something instead of what are you doing? You know, and this is 
this is what I take most, I think, from the story of Habakkuk is his wrestle was, why aren't you doing anything? And so he could not recognize everything God was doing. Papa was so active in this story, but Habakkuk couldn't see it in that moment because he wasn't taking care of it the way Habakkuk thought he should. And so God comes and explains to him this oppressor that's here right now, I'm going to use for my glory because it's going to bring a correction and a return of my people. And then this, this destroyer will meet that same fate, you know? So he actually goes through and tells, um, Habakkuk what's in his heart. And, um, you know, it may not have all made sense to Habakkuk, but he understood God was moving. And in that moment, he chose to let himself be moved by God instead of what was happening in the world. Instead of being, you know, swayed and uh, tumbled about by the things that were happening in the world, he came to rest that God was active. He was moving, and so Habakkuk could be moved by this God that he was serving. So this is, you know, what God says to him after the Q&A. He says, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. It will wait yet for the appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. It will come. And I, we had our grandies, three of our five grandies, because we have one on the way, but we had three of them with us. Um, the Weber Wonders with us over the weekend, and Ryder, who's in the middle of the Wonders, he, you know, he had this phrase, which we've all heard, but he said it perfectly, which is what just slayed me. So we'd be doing something, and maybe somebody else was getting impatient, and he'd go, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, and he must have done that five or six times throughout the weekend, and I just loved it, because it's like, he got it. He's like, well, this is taking longer than we'd like, but we're going to wait for it. And that's what basically uh, Papa was inviting Habakkuk to. And then, and then he goes on to um, talk about the one that will run with it because he says a herald will run with it. And he talks about that. And then he, he talks about the enemy is just puffed up and his desires aren't upright. I know this, I get it, but the righteous will live by their faithfulness. The righteous will make real every word I've ever said. And I just feel like that's what we're living in right now. Amen. So, so he's like, record your Q&A, <laughs> record your questions, record my answers for the good of others. Because when people have this revelation, um, you know, this revelation you've received, you want to give like these other prophets, but I'm inviting you to live. And I think we all walk through that. He said something and like, we know he said it for us, but then we're like, but I bet all of a sudden all these other people are going through it too. And that's probably true. Yet so often the prophet life he invites us to, because we're you know, everybody wants to be the prophet that lowers the boom and says the word, but we're all prophets for him. And I think, you know, the majority of us are 
Habakkuk's where we're living out the word of the Lord. We're making it real, you know? And so he's like, I'm not asking you to give it. I'm asking you to live it. I'm not asking you to go tell everybody what I said. I'm asking you to make real what I've said to you so they can grab it and run with it and be heralds of it. So Habakkuk, he had to see for himself first. He couldn't make plain to everybody else just what was said. He had to live it so it was real. Then it would be made plain. So he's then to make it plain, make it known. Um, there was a very practical sense to, to this that he may run who reads it. And this is describing the response to interacting, to engaging with, to encountering God's Word, the living Word of God that's being lived, just like Jesus was the living Word of God who lived it for people to be able to see and run with it, to become heralds of it. So this is prophesying, I think, even Jesus and the life He was going to live. So one of the things this means, this writing it down, it means in large, legible characters. So one of the things that would happen back in this time is they had these tables, they were made of boxwood, and they would spread wax over it, and they would write down what God said. And so they would actually write it quite large, so it could be easily read, and these would then be removed, and they would be hung at the house of the prophets or at the temple. And so the idea and often these were things like national affairs, that kind of thing. And so it would be engraved, the wax would be engraved with an iron pen and then hung in public. So it was written large and legible. So it was easy to understand. It was said so even one running past could read it easily and go on to tell what God was doing and what he was yet to do. And so the idea of this is when somebody sees a person that is living out what God has said to them, not just, I heard it, I'm giving it this, but I've seen it for myself and I can't help myself. I'm going to live this. And it becomes so legible to a person who may have been distracted and not able to hear a person who was moving so fast through, um, the things of the world that they couldn't see. It becomes so large and legible, a person who couldn't hear before, a person who could only react and couldn't respond, now can respond. And what are they responding to? The faithfulness of the one who displayed the word of the Lord. The faithfulness of the one who lived it. And they become a herald of it. They run with it and begin to tell others what God will do. And it's similar to, um, see either Psalm 47 or 147, where it says his command is in the earth and that command will go forth. You know, it will have legs, it will have movement, it will have motion. So, um, so Habakkuk, you know, he receives this revelation, which will be filled in due time. And I think that's something important for us too. When he says something to us and we're to um, see it for ourselves, make it plain to us so we begin to live it and make it plain to others, there's a fulfillment yet to come of it. We've just been prepared for the fulfillment of something and we're invited to wait with him 
one of the things that, that Papa said to Habakkuk was, these guys are worshiping false gods. They can't prevail. I'm revealing this so that the people know there's a true God. I will be the eraser of the unjust. You know, I will be the redeemer of that. I'm just asking you to live faithfully while I prevail. You know, and your faithfulness um, helps that, aids that. And so one of the things it says in that message is, I want you to watch, you know, wait for it, wait for it. I want you to watch for it. And what that means in this scripture, in the original language, is to have an intent eye to only what has come into view. So the things I'm showing you, that's what I want your eyes to be on. If you try to look at what's happening and what doesn't look right and all those things, you've gone broader than I've invited you to. And you can't be intentional then. You can't be intentional with my word because you're so aggravated by all these things that are happening that are in process, you know, that are in the process of changing. And so it also means a complete withdrawal of the whole soul from earthly things and becoming fixed on heavenly things to have this preserved attention. So when he asks us to wait, with him for the fulfillment of his word he like is asking for that kind of focus that framed place court of hope hanging out the window and looking at what most people wouldn't look at you know um and not reacting to the things people would react to but responding to what he must be doing you know just like Rahab when she's in that city wall and you know, this army supposed to come and they're cooking lambs, you know, hundreds and hundreds of lambs and she can smell it. And, you know, she had a choice to react to God. Why aren't you doing anything? Or Papa, what are you doing? You know, and that that's always our choice. We come to rest from the wrestle when we stop asking why he's not doing something and we begin to inquire what are you doing and how can I be part of it? So, um, and then and then he says, um, he will say unto me, but that actually means into me. Like he will say, like nothing outward will affect my attention or my response, but what comes from my inmost part, the place I know he is, that's where I'm going to hear. That's the place I'm going to listen so then you move on to Habakkuk 3, and, and the whole thing is lovely, but just I love this part of now Habakkuk. He's had his Q&A. He's wrestled to rest, and he's understood that his that part of his journey is going to have so much impact on the nation he's in and on the people. They're going to see his life, and they're going to actually choose to live that way, faithful and as carriers of the Word of God. And he says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. So he, he stops asking God to be different than who he is and invites him to be the fullness of who he is. I know who you are. I know what you've done throughout history. Come and do it. 
the way you need to in our time, in this season, in this place, in our day, in this appointed time for you to move, for you to overturn and uphold. Come be that. Come do that. And then he goes on, and it's just this great place of praise. So I just, I'm so excited. Like, this is the day we're in. You know, this is this is our latitude and our longitude. It's like, wow, we are waiting with him for the fulfillment of his word. And we're demonstrating that by living faithfully to what he said as if it is so. With everything we have before us now as he brings what is to come. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pouring out his spirit on all the flesh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. Yay. All right. Well, thank you for being with us. And please excuse the dog barking. Our <laughs> Jack was inside and we thought we were at the settled place, but somebody came and um, generally he doesn't actually bark, but except when you don't want him to. So. Right. <laughs> but it's okay. He's he's aging and he needs the freedom to bark when he feels to and not when he doesn't. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we are we're headed into the rest of our day. We have doxology tonight, which is something really that has just become such a poignant place for us where where all of us have the opportunity to sing the song in our heart to him to uh, just acknowledge that we recognize him and that we're responding to him and so we will look forward to that in our 24-hour prayer and yay all those things Mm. yeah all right love you guys so much you're so beautiful we'll talk to you again very soon all right bye